Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Did you hear the news? Own Your Everyday is officially a national bestseller. I can hardly believe it. But instead of celebrating this as my win, I want to celebrate it as our win. This is not a one-woman show, and I really believe the only reason this is possible is because of you. Every single one of you who's bought your copy or shared about it on your social media or told your friends or let your sister borrow it, you are part of helping grow this movement. All I can say is thank you, thank you, thank you. I truly cannot do this without you. And if you haven't grabbed your copy yet, what are you doing, girl? Join the movement and go get it. Amazon, Target, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Walmart, it's there and it's waiting for you. And it's even available as an audiobook and I'm the narrator. Seriously, pause what you're doing, go get it, and get ready to own your ordinary, imperfect, real, everyday life right here, right now, before you figure out anything else when it comes to your future, your dreams, or your plans. Hey girl, if you are struggling in the area of friendships, community, and or life, um, listen to this episode. <laughs> Today I am talking about how to start a book club and create community in your town or even virtually with friends that maybe you've lost touch with or you really want to keep up with more because I don't know, but I have just found girl friendship, a girl community can be hard because I don't know if you're what age group you're in, but if you are in your 20s or 30s, which is the majority of the people that listen to this show, what I know is that women are in such different seasons of life in this season. Like, for example, I am married and I have a house and I have a job and all those things. Um, but I have friends who aren't married, who are, you know, living with roommates and in their third or fourth year of their career. I have friends who have three toddlers <laughs> and they, you know, are a mom of three toddlers. Like being in this season um, brings a lot of variety to our lives, which can be amazing. But it's also hard, I think, to keep up because we have such busy lives. Uh, we have a lot of different seasons usually within our friend groups or one of our friends goes off and gets married. The other one starts having babies and we're like, SOS, I'm the girl in 27 dresses. What am I doing? Right? So whichever season of life you're in, I think this episode will really serve you. Um, and I hope that it will give you some real tangible ways to um, maybe build some community this summer. I think the summer is a great time. It's a, I feel like everyone's just on a little bit of a slower pace <laughs> for the majority of us um, to really get your girls together in any way, whether it's virtually or in person and, you know, get together around a, a common theme and have intentional discussions and intentional conversations and cheer one another on and help each other grow and really support each other consistently week by week, even in the midst of different seasons and busy schedules. So if that resonates with you at all, this is an episode for you. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, hey, girl. I am so excited about this episode because I'm going to be answering a question that I get 
pretty pretty frequently, can't speak. Um, And that is how do I lead women well? How do I start a book club or find community in my city or my new city or on my campus, you know, um, in a way that's not uncomfortable or in a way that's not awkward or weird? Um, And how do I gather women and how do I do that? And so I thought this is the perfect time to maybe share a little bit of the stories of trial and error that I have had, especially around this time where I have a book out and a lot of people are starting or wanting to start book clubs around it, but also feeling like, well, I don't know how to do that without being awkward or uncomfortable. And so I thought, you know what, I want to share a couple stories or maybe just a little bit of my background with times that I have totally failed when it comes to leading a group of women, whether it was for a small group or um, a book club or anything like that. And the first memory that I have of that was when I was in a sorority in college and I stood up in the cafeteria during like our chapter meeting and I was like, hey guys, like I'm going to host a small group or a Bible study, like feel free to come. And, um, literally like no one came. I think like two people did. So that was awkward. Then I was able to kind of share about it in a different way, make it sound more fun. And we had more people come, which was great. But then it was super stiff and really awkward. And my friend who was studying education, she was training to be a teacher. She was like telling me kind of some of the things that I did wrong. She was like, hey, you tried really well, (laughs) like good effort. Um, She was like, but I think you could, you know, improve in this area or this area and maybe try this, you know, in a different way. This would engage conversation more. And so she gave me some great tips. So after kind of swallowing my pride and feeling like a total failure, I decided to try again and I kind of took a different approach. I was like, all right, maybe I need to look at this whole thing, this whole concept or idea of leading a group of women in any capacity, whether you are leading a small group, a book club, maybe you're a team captain, maybe you are, you know, the head of your network marketing company or your team, whatever it looks like you probably have the opportunity to not only create community, but also lead other women, but might feel that same, like, why is this always been so stiff and awkward? Or why do I feel uncomfortable? Or why are other people not contributing? And so maybe you feel that fear to try it again, or maybe the fear of what could go wrong has kind of held you back from actually stepping into it. So I thought, let me think about what I actually shifted and what was different for me when I decided to go for it again after my friend gave me some pointers and kind of the way that I, you know, changed my approach and even just the way that I viewed leading a book club or leading a small group and hopefully, you know, encourage you, but also pass on some really tangible tips that you can hold on to when you, um, you know, decide to maybe lead a book club or lead a small group. And you can do this digitally as well. I know that's something a lot of people are doing now. You know, they have virtual, you know, team meetings or virtual book clubs, which I think is amazing. And if you have the opportunity to, you know, do that and you can't do something in your local community, I think it's a great alternative. And I think this can apply for either one of those, but either way, I'm going to give you like a handful of tips here. And I think the very first one and the number one thing that we often forget when we think about leading other women, when we think about, you know, um, bringing women together is we often forget that we don't need to think of ourselves as the leader. You know, women are already kind of competitive. Women are already, um, kind of, you know, insecure, especially around each other. Comparison is real. Competition is real, even if we're all friends. And I think it's super uncomfortable. And maybe the reason when I first started trying to lead small groups and book clubs and things like that um, in my sorority, one of the reasons that 
it didn't go so well at first is because I had this idea in my brain. I was like, oh, I'm the leader. So I need to have all the answers and I need to like facilitate and, you know, uh, have everything right and prepared. And, and that's good. Like preparation is good. But the problem was that I almost created a barrier with the girls that I was just trying to build community with because I almost positioned myself subconsciously above them or like as their teacher rather than their friend. So the very first thing that I would say is if you're going to lead any kind of small group, any kind of book club in person, digitally or a combination of both, you really have to shift your mindset and think I might be starting this. I might be, you know, helping kind of pave the way on it. But if you look at yourself too much like a leader or a teacher, um, you could end up losing that connection that really comes when you kind of bring yourself back down to earth and remember you're just a friend and your job isn't to teach them or talk at them or facilitate them. It's simply to bring them together and give them opportunities to speak as well, to lead as well. So um, that's kind of my first tip is think of yourself as a friend, not a teacher. The second tip is that conversational questions are so key. And I think we often forget this and we often will you know, start asking questions like yes or no questions. And it doesn't give someone room to really expand or it doesn't really give someone the opportunity to really tell a story or to think more critically. Um, if they're just yes or no questions or purely fact-based questions, like what happened in chapter four? You know, it's like, that sounds like homework. You know, that feels like homework. And so of course it's going to be stiff. Of course it's going to be uncomfortable and it's probably going to be a little awkward. So for me, it was like, okay, how can I shift the way that whatever we were, I have hair on my face. There we go. <laughs> whatever we were studying, whatever we were, you know, digging into, whatever we were reading, instead of asking questions like that, that feel like school, it was more like, okay, why did this chapter speak to you? Right? Why did this paragraph stand out to you? Did it stand out to you? Did you ever experience something like the author wrote about? Or do you ever feel this way? Or has this really helped you in any way? And giving kind of room for response, this was a big thing that my friend taught me, that first book club that I led or that first small group that I led. Um, I was asking a question. And then if someone didn't respond right away, I'd be like, okay, well, and then I would just go on and start trying to fill the silence right away because that's kind of my nature. I don't really like to sit in awkward silence and I'm sure you don't either. Um, but actually starting to kind of allow an awkward minute to pass. And it's okay if, you know, if no one wants to speak up, you kind of first speak into it, fine. But giving that room, not only by asking conversational questions, but then giving room for response and even allowing a little awkward silence to pass so that those responses can be heard and prompting them by maybe being a little vulnerable first yourself if no one speaks up. But I think we have to give people time. And when we don't, we begin to dominate. And then we go back into that teacher student role rather than the, hey, we're all friends here. And I'm just going to like put this out there. And if anyone wants to share, like we're here for you, we want to support you. Or, you know, if anyone, um, doesn't get this or needs wants to ask a question about it. I think that's the other thing too. When you're asking conversational questions, you don't necessarily have to get a response in the form of an answer. It can also be in the form of a question. Sometimes people come back and say, hey, this part in chapter four, you know, really spoke to me and it really challenged me in this way, but I struggle in this way. Do you have any suggestions on that? Right? Like open up the floor to ask for them to ask for advice from your, you or from each other too, because that really does create conversation. It starts like feeding off of each other. And something that I found when I started doing that, when I started being really intentional about that was that I wasn't like, we would get off topic so much. We would sometimes not even actually answer the question that I had kind of put out there or that someone else had put out there because 
in response to that, it triggered someone else to go, oh, you know what? That reminded me of this time. And actually, I'm still struggling with that. Anybody have advice on that? And then somebody chimes in and then somebody else chimes in and then someone else has a question. And before you know it, it's more of a conversation around real actual pain points and problems in each other's lives that we're helping solve or speak into or just encourage. And I honestly think that's more effective. So I guess the biggest piece here is take the pressure off yourself to be like the question facilitator and to like keep things going and have somebody speaking at all times and allow room for people to think, allow room for conversational questions that kind of, kind of, um, not, not intentionally bring on vulnerability, but kind of allow for that and give people room to even ask their own questions. I am so excited to tell you that we are officially starting the Own Your Everyday Book Club super soon on June 25th, and I want you to get involved. So if you want to do that, it's completely free. If you want me to guide you through the chapters, if you want to lead your own book club and have a space to kind of uh, bounce ideas off of others and learn what others are taking away from the book and bring that back to your, bring that back to your small group or your book club, this is something you are not going to want to miss out on this summer. So here's how to do it. Go to jordanleedooley.com slash book club and you can get yourself signed up by putting in your information and downloading the book club guide. And then you're going to have access to that book club guide for the next 14 weeks. <laughs> uh, we're going to go through every chapter and then the actual book club conversations will take place on Instagram live every Tuesday morning. Super, super easy. So you can tune right in or you can watch the replay if you miss it. And then you can take that back to your book club if you choose to lead one, or you can just go through it on your own and hang out with all of us on Instagram. So however you want to do it, it's going to be really fun. Go to jordanleedooley.com slash book club, get yourself signed up, grab your download and get ready. We're going to have a whole lot of fun starting June 25th. The third thing that I would say is make sure that you have something to pivot around, whether that's, you know, a book or a shared interest or a common theme. Now, again, you want to be chill about this, okay? Like, don't be like, we're only talking about this and we're in this box, you know, like that's really weird. But to have something that kind of commonly unites people, that's why a book club or a study or something like that can be so powerful if it's done in a way that is welcoming in a way that is approachable in a way that's conversational in a way that doesn't make you separate as like leader students teacher students and really keeps everyone on the same playing fields but then when you have a shared interest when it's you know a theme whether it's your summer book or you know uh, something that you guys all love maybe like when I was growing up my parents did this family neighborhood they all just got together every Sunday night and it was like a Sunday night like wine and cheese and chatting and they had like this weekly thing that they did and it was they had the shared interest of trying new foods and talking about the week and preparing for the next week and cracking each other up over the funniest thing that happened at work and so even just having a simple similar meal maybe you always do you know cheese and crackers or maybe you always do you know taco Tuesdays or whatever the thing is it creates this kind of like it sounds really weird to say but it kind of creates like this um, network effect it kind of creates this like commonality that even with people who come from different walks of life or people who maybe have, you know, different backgrounds or different perspectives on things. They're like, but I have this shared interest that it is like own your everyday Wednesday or it is, um, you know, that's the title of my book. That's why I say that. But, you know, if you were having a book club around that or it's Taco Tuesday and this is something I do with my girls every night or people do things like Bachelor Mondays or something like that. So if you're trying to build community and you're trying to center it around something, I think it can be really helpful to have something to turn to. Some people do The Bachelor, but a lot of people like to do a certain book or a 
certain theme and then even try to incorporate some other consistencies. So talk to maybe a few of the girls that you would want to invite or a few of the women that you'd want to have a part of it or that you already have a part of it and ask them, you know, what's your favorite food or what's your favorite kind of like junk food? You know, maybe just every time you guys have donuts there, you know, whatever it is that creates some expectations and it's something fun for them to talk about and look forward to as well. So I want you to think about how you might be able to build it around a common interest or a specific theme like a book and then bring some of those consistencies in to really create something they can really look forward to. Okay. Tip number four. I got to check my notes here so I don't go all over. Um, Tip number four is to think about how you're hosting. If you're hosting, you know, again, I think sometimes as leaders, we can start to feel this like pressure of, oh my gosh, people are coming to my house and I want it to be, you know, spotless and I want it to look nice. And as someone who is very image conscious, I am an Enneagram three for those of you who, those of you who don't know that I, you know, will tend to think about that a lot. I don't want things to be a total wreck. I want to look nice. You know, I don't want to feel like everything's a mess all the time. But what I found, and this is something my mom ingrained in me as a kid, which is funny because she's very similar to me, but she's like, you know, you know, that girl, maybe that when you were in, you know, college or you were in high school or maybe at your office that everyone just like worships the ground she walks on. She looks perfect, perfect every day. She, you know, you start thinking like she probably has meetings with the president in her spare time because she's just so put together and everything is, you know, nothing is out of place in her life. It's like she's unrelatable, right? And she is not very approachable. She's she might be really impressive and you might like like her photos on Instagram, but when you're actually in person with her, you're like I feel uncomfortable, <laughs> you know? So the same goes for when you're hosting people at your house or if you are even if you're hosting them at a restaurant and you're the one that brought them all together, they're still kind of seeing you as the host a little bit. Um so I think the biggest piece of advice that I can give is don't constantly talk about, "Hey, sorry, my house is a mess" when it's probably not. Um and two, be really careful about how you, you know, dress and act because here's the thing. If you have like, if you're dressed to the nines or you're trying to wear tons of makeup and like have it all perfect and your hair is perfectly curled and you're, you know, you have your best outfit on or whatever. It's like, you don't feel comfortable going to someone's house because then you're like, oh shoot, I came to my, my yoga pants. Like, do I need to dress up too? So again, that doesn't mean you can't, you know, put a little mascara on or whatever, but just be thinking about if I was coming to this person's house and I was actually like being welcomed into this, would I feel comfortable? Would I feel welcomed if I didn't look my best? If I was just coming home from, you know, yoga class and stopped by on my way home or I really want you to think about that because I think sometimes we as women can start to really feel this pressure to look and present something specific, but that's not really what creates connection. So really be focused more on how do I connect? How do I welcome? How am I approachable? And how can I maybe just chill out a little bit? without, you know, making someone feel uncomfortable because the more, the more non-threatening you can be and the environment can be, the more comfortable people are going to feel and the less awkward they're going to feel about the conversation or about opening up or even just about coming in general. It can be hard to come to a new group. So that's something really, really key to remember. Okay. Um, number five, I think, I don't even know what tip number we're on, but, um, the, another thing that's really, really key when you are going to lead any kind of group or again, just, bring together any kind of group is instead of, again, looking at yourself as the leader, empower other people to lead and give them options to really contribute and ways to contribute, like tangible ways. So very simple way to do this is instead of trying to go at it yourself and, you know, have the whole spread of food and have all the questions prepared and give them homework. And it's like, okay, hold on, bring it back to earth. Don't give them homework. (laughs) We're not in third grade. Okay. Um, so I think the best thing to do is, By empowering others to lead, a simple way you can do that is something like, hey, 
Mary, can you bring nachos next Tuesday? And hey, Susie, I don't know why I would use these names. <laughs> these are like names that I read in a storybook. It's fine. But uh, when I was a kid. But anyways, you know, it's like, OK, hey, Susie, can you bring the bean dip? And can you bring the, the chips? And can you bring, you know, drinks and kind of delegate even just food? Because when everyone feels like they've brought something to the table, they suddenly feel like they're all equal parts of the pie. It, I don't know why, but when you can empower them with a simple task and something that's super easy to do, it just somehow makes everyone feel like they contributed from the get-go before you even get into conversation, before you even sit down and do anything. And I think that helps. Um, again, there's going to be some times where somebody might not be able to, and you can just love them and serve them. But I don't know. I've just always found that when everyone has a something to contribute and bring to the table, it helps kind of set the tone. And it's like, okay, we're all a part of this. We're all leading this. So that's key. And I think that also includes conversation, right? So instead of you constantly being the one who's directing and dictating conversation, even if someone else is maybe not as good at it or as natural at it or doesn't do it as well or whatever, I think say like, hey, Sarah, can you, you know, kind of just facilitate next week's meeting? Like, are you cool with that? And say, I don't want to always be doing it. I think it's important that we all do it. So that way, again, you're giving others the opportunity to step up so that you're not the only leader, the one everyone looks to. Because like, what if you get sick? Or like, what if you have to go out of town or break your tailbone or something? I don't know. Like, and you can't be there. You don't want the community community to dissolve or just be, you know, I guess so dependent on you that it doesn't exist if you can't be there, right? This is the same principle that they'll tell you in business and in anything that you're really trying to build that you want to make sustainable and healthy. If it's completely dependent on you, like it's important that you show up, especially in the beginning. It's important that you bring people together. But if you never give others and you never delegate, you know, responsibilities or give them opportunities to contribute or to even lead in a way that's really completely leading, you're going to feel a lot of stress. You're going to feel like it's all on your shoulders and others are going to start looking at you as kind of the leader rather than just as one of them. So really that's the kind of core theme throughout all of this is, you know, give them opportunities to contribute, ask conversational questions, see yourself as a friend, not a teacher. Think about not overdoing it when you're hosting. You know, you can pull yourself together a little bit, like please shower, but you know, it's like, you don't need to be so perfectly presented with all the perfect prepared questions like come with two and then let that lead the conversation. And you know what? If the conversation ends early about the topic of the book or whatever and goes some other direction, great. That means good conversation is happening. So don't feel like you have to play in this box and, you know, present this perfect thing and lead so well because it all ultimately all these tips, they come down to making sure that your mindset is that you are one of them. And that everyone has an important piece to play. And if that's communicated through your actions, through the way that you empower them, through the responsibilities you give, and through the way that you act and present yourself in an approachable manner, everyone's going to feel more comfortable. It's going to be way less awkward. I mean, bringing new people together in any capacity can always be a little awkward, but it's going to be so much more fun and so much more life-giving. And then incorporating in those little consistencies like Taco Tuesday or, you know, Bachelor Mondays or whatever the like fun element of it is, it just creates this fun expectation. Everyone can rally around that idea. And then if you have some sort of guiding tool like a book, which I highly recommend mine, but I'm not going to do a subtle plug. <laughs> but no, seriously, if you have a, a common you know, thing to help guide it with those fun consistencies and you constantly remember that you are just one of them. Um, you know, I think that's really, really going to help you feel a less pressure and B make it so much more fun for them. So I guess all this to say, again, this is 
such a theme of everything that I want to put out into the world. It's really overcome the pressure to prove, okay? It's not all on your shoulders. And really just show up for what you were made to do. And if you feel like that, and if you feel like in this season, that is to bring some women together and lead a book club or host a book club or just bring them together to do something fun, just do it and let it be. And if it's a little awkward, own it. You got to own the awkward a little bit to get into the awesome stuff. So those are my tips for how to lead a really life-giving, really fun, not super awkward, (laughs) small group or book club. I hope this helped you. Go for it. Just try it. I think it'll be so, so great. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu accreditation.